Hey, uh, does anyone have an idea for a cold open? I'm going to sing the song from One Froggy Morning. The uh, Mary Melodies short from uh, Looney Tunes. Okay. I only know the first three lines. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> my idea was that it's very cold where Matt is right now, so that it's could a be a cold open. You could envision yeah. the WB frog with a top hat and a uh, cane. I don't it, know how well, I can hear that and not envision that. That's exactly I'm what the I was picturing. Doing like the jazz hands thing when you say yeah. when you say "gal." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fucked up. I feel like no one's going to give a shit about what we're saying. But go ahead. Yeah, there's a low of six here in Dallas on uh, on Monday. So, or actually, the low of six is on Tuesday, and it's supposed to snow on Monday. So, I might be in a similar boat to you. It's supposed to snow on Friday again here, and then the Chiefs game is Saturday. They play Miami. It's supposed to be negative two at kickoff. Meanwhile, Miami, 83. It's never cold there. It snowed they there once. Beat Buffalo, I guess. Yeah, it snowed there once in Miami in 1977. Take that, globalists. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And uh, yeah, Tech lost another one. Yeah. Uh, in men's basketball, this time to Sam Houston. Uh, but yeah. we did beat Dallas Christian, so you know there is some good news. Since Sam uh, Houston joined the conference, no La Tech team has beaten them. The women basketball team did. That's true. The women are still on a winning streak. But yeah, you are right, Matt, that Tech has now given Sam Houston their first conference win in both football and men's hoops in their conference Dang. USA era. Dang. Cool. We Does Lawtech have a Sam Houston problem? Statue is really intimidating. Yeah, maybe like the city of Ruston kicked out Sam Houston, the guy. <laughs> like he was coming through town, they all booed at him, and he said he put, he put a, a curse on the city, saying think no Ruston, college football team here will ever beat my namesake school later. I think Sam Houston died decades before Ruston became a town, but sure. It's like the scene in Romeo and Juliet where Mercutio says a plague on both your houses. Yeah, except yeah, Sam Houston said this specific area in North Louisiana <laughs> that doesn't have a town yet. He will tripped one over day a tree root. The day. Yeah, it he tripped over a tree day. root. And then he cursed that whole tree <laughs> forest area. And, I'd like yeah. to imagine that Sam Houston got a letter from J.W. Rustin and <laughs> took a horse and buggy to meet him. And they got into an argument over fizzy lifting drinks. And. Sam Houston said, good day, sir, and left. And that's where the real rivalry began. Right. Of course. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of anachronisms in there, but I think that it rings <laughs> true. Yeah, no problems here. Uh, yeah, you. before we get to that loss against Sam Houston, let's talk a little bit about the win against Dallas Christian. This was a non-Division One opponent, so a game we were expected to win and blow out and we did, although it was closer than I would have liked pretty early on Wednesday on January 3rd. Tech ends up winning this game 96-55. to 55. Uh, But really, the main reason to talk about this game is Isaiah Crawford. Uh, not that this game was extraordinary from him. I mean, he, he was good. But he becomes the first Bulldog in program history after this game with 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 200 assists, 100 steals, and 50 blocks. Which feels like a lot of qualifiers, but... Well, I think that, that that should be enough to get your uh, jersey in the rafters. Yeah, obviously Isaiah Crawford is a special player, and you know he's been through a lot with the two 
ACL tears, but you know, to see him keep coming back from that and, and put up records that nobody else has done is pretty special. So pretty good to see that happen in a pretty on inconsequential game. There we go. Um, I mean, it's consequential if we lose. <laughs> that's fair. But we didn't. So you're right. Not not too we, shabby there. We Unfortunately, lost the next one. Yeah, that broke the losing streak. It ended at three, but Tech maintained their road losing streak on Saturday, this past Saturday, the 6th, when they lost to Sam Houston State in Huntsville, Texas, 81 to 77. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just broad strokes, like what happened in this game? I, I went to the movies with my wife, so I did not see it. I figured we were going to win, so I didn't make plans to stay home and watch, uh, I guess, luckily for me. But, you know, what what happened in uh, in this game? Yeah, what Tevin Hester pointed to in the postgame uh, interview that he did afterwards, he pointed to the defensive effort. And his poll quote was the worst defensive effort we have had all year. Uh, the Bearcats led points in the paint in this game, 32 to 18. And so that oh, was wow. a huge, they just outcompeted. It looked like to me that Sam Houston, I hate this phrase, but I use it way too often for a phrase I hate, wanted it more. They played with more energy. They played like they were scrappy and underdogs and they were going to take us down. And that's exactly what they did especially, I guess, more on the offensive side of the ball. Ba- uh, Daniel Bacho just looked lost. Um, he was two points away from a double-double, but had five turnovers on the night. And even when oh, he wow. wasn't turning the ball over, it just never felt safe in his hands. Yeah, I mean, he he shoots three for nine from the field with only eight points scored. You know, not even really getting to the line. He, he got to the line, looks like, twice, went two for three. Yeah, that's pretty rough, considering that that's been how we – you know, we've kind of ran our offense inside through him for the last few weeks. And so, you know, Chavez out here putting up 20 points um, with four assists, but that's not enough if kind of the, you know, the linchpin of your offense is only hitting 33% of the shots and they're all high percentage shots, I assume. Yeah. And then, you know, three point shooting was the other thing from Sam Houston. They end the night shooting 43% from three. The league average, I think, is around 33%. But really, it looked like every three-pointer they shot was the same. They would set a pick, and the guy who had the ball would get behind the guy picking or immediately past him, take an open shot because Tech wasn't fighting through the picks or or covering past them. And they didn't always make it, right? I mean, 43%. But that's how they were creating open looks, and they just kept doing it over and over again all night. Finally, Isaiah Crawford, I think, broke up one of them. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't even remember if, if the shot didn't go in or not, but finally I was thinking, oh, okay, cool. We can defend that. It just takes Isaiah Crawford to be the one to do it. But, oh, I tell you, you know, you used to set some vicious picks where Prince and the revolution, have you guys, are you guys unaware of the, of the pickup game between Prince and the revolution? Oh, and Charlie? Murphy? Right. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? Charlie Murphy. Yep. You know, he really, um, loved, Prince really did love to play basketball. He also really loved to cook pancakes. Those were, I mean, I saw him do it in New Girl. Yeah, I do love that episode of New Girl. That's very good. Apparently he did he vicious did. on the ping pong table, too. Yes, yes. And a very bad frisbee thrower. But the, uh, <laughs> it seems like things just, uh, did, uh, you talk about Hester talking about just a real bad defensive effort, uh, which isn't supposed to be the hallmark of these tech teams. Hester's supposed, supposedly a super defensive minded coach. And wow. 
uh, yeah, he's right. This was not very good at all in that uh, in that respect. Right, and at least he recognizes it. That's not really and, much, but to call attention to it that quickly in the post game press conference means this is unacceptable to him, and probably going to be a point of emphasis in practice moving forward. Uh, I, sure I do want to so. do want to point out something else with that three point defense, especially. Uh, LaTeX Sports Central, our, our good friend on Twitter, tweeted out a little graphic and some numbers oh, yeah. here. In the last six games, last six games against Division One opponents, Tech has allowed a 42% three-point field goal percentage. Hmm. Again, the national average is somewhere around 33. Their first seven games, that was 28%. Um, so wow. these past six games, we've played some tough teams, but it's not like the teams we've played have been the teams that rely on three-pointers the way that you know, those stats would kind of make you think. Uh, the other part of this is what he calls the magic number of 37%. Tech is undefeated when they've held opponents to less than 37% from three so far this year, nine and oh. If they allow wow. better than 90, if they allow better than 37% from three, yeah, 97% would be <laughs> from three. Incredible, it, would, it would require, I yeah. think, 100 shots. Yeah. You'd, have to, God. you'd have to take like at least. 50 shots. Yeah. Man, 97 threes would be fabulous. Not against us, but yeah, uh, you just have to tip your cap at that point, I guess. Close down the stadium, (laughs) turn off the program. But yeah, better than 37% from three, Tech is one in six on the year. You could be 37 of 38 and it would be 97.3%. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So you're saying if... If the opponent shoots over 37% from three, they win. If we hold them to under, we win. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at Sam Houston here and they don't have a particular, like they're shooting 33% from three on average this season. They have a really bad effective field goal percentage. And, you know, here we are letting them score 81 points in regulation. So not a, not a good defensive effort. Uh, Definitely agree with coach Hester there. Um, and really, if you look, you know, if you think about it, this is four straight D1 losses. It's four straight road D1 losses. It's hard yeah. to win on the road, but it's I think it's pretty clear that this team is not where we thought it was maybe two weeks ago before that um, trip out Disaster west. Trip, yeah. And the road streak's not over either, because this week Tech faces off on Thursday, January 11th against Middle Tennessee and Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Also streaming or on cable. Big CBS Sports Big shout out shout out to my snow. homies shout out to me who hasn't lived there for eight years but you know uh <laughs> yeah Murfreesboro Al cool Gore. place yeah Al- Albert Gore senior my guy Man. shout out to the shout out to the archives up there you know where I got my start anyway um <laughs> yeah w- not the MTSU team we're used to seeing right Nathan right number 277 in Kempom right now yeah i mean that's yeah, that's one do. way to look at it i mean <laughs> yeah. it, they've they've beaten such teams as milligan they didn't get a mulligan apparently <laughs> U- umkc yeah milligan i don't know i'm curious about this oh, they, now that they popped beat out UMKC? to me Aww. they beat umkc and missouri state wow oh, okay i wonder well, surely they didn't come to kansas city that's uh, it was a neutral site game so it might have been let's see where was that game it was at the Baja Mar Convention Center. That doesn't sound like it's in Kansas City. <laughs> no, it is. It, not that I know of. It's in the Bahamas. I... <laughs> so they also beat somebody called Reinhard. Reinhardt? Reinhard. I hardly knew hard. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. Damn. It's in uh, Waleska, Georgia. So that those are some good wins. Yeah. The, the loss is what sticks out to me on this list, but Southern Utah was one of their losses. This was... Is it Southern Utah that we played? I want to make yeah, sure I did. get that right. Okay. Because yeah, I was at that game, but I wanted to make sure that that was the right opponent. Yeah. So we beat Southern Utah earlier in the year. The one hoops game I've been to in the past you know, five years. Tech beat them at home 67 to 53. Meanwhile, Middle Tennessee traveled to Southern Utah, wherever that is in Southern Utah, Cedar City, and lost that game 69 to 63. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting to me here just looking at their schedule is they started out as high as 117 in Ken Palm this year. So Ken Palm, I mean, we're 99th right now and MTSU in week three was 117th and you know, they've fallen all the way to 277 because they've lost so many games and some are, you know, some of these losses are to good teams, but then others are to like number 264 Southern Utah. Um, but a lot of like, you know, mid, mid hundreds here on their schedule in terms of like UAB, um, Illinois, Chicago, Ohio, like these, these are not good teams, uh, but they're not terrible teams. And middle Tennessee lost to them as well as some of the worst teams on their schedule. So I'm curious to see what the stats will say and how we stack up there. Yeah. So let's go ahead and look at the offensive side of the ball for the blue Raiders. When middle has the ball, don't expect all that great shooting, especially the three ball, which, you know, is very good news because of what we just oh. talked about with the three ball shooting. 14th worst in the country at shooting three pointers, 26.7% from three. So they'll come out and shoot 50 against us. Cool. Yeah, oh. that, that's that's what I'm expecting to. It, it, it all evens <laughs> out. Law of averages, I think, applies here, maybe. But yeah, they also oh. struggle with turnovers and free throws. The offensive side of the ball has not been kind to middle so far this year. But on the defensive side, when Tech has the ball, both of these teams match up pretty well when we're talking about three-point shooting. Both are slightly above average, so that would be a curious matchup to see who wins, the Tech O or the middle D about that three-point shooting. Uh, But also, another place to keep your eye on, Tech right now is the 17th best team in the country at getting to the free-throw line, while Middle Tennessee is the 46th best at avoiding those extra fouls that send the other team to the free-throw line. So will Tech keep it up and get those extra foul shots that they've had so far this year, or will middle be able to prevent that from happening? Yeah, that'll be a a fun matchup to watch. And I mean, it's really interesting to see that their offense is so bad. I mean, it's just red across the board here on Ken Palm. And then their defense is pretty much green across the board. They don't force a lot of turnovers and they don't steal a, a whole lot either. But I mean, they're pretty good at preventing threes. They, they block a decent amount of shots. Like it's, they don't allow a ton of efficiency. Like it's, it's, it's a pretty good defense. Um, slightly better than middle of the pack, I would say. And tech is right there with them, right? Like you said, Nathan, it's pretty even here when you look at these stats. Yeah. So we'll really have to see how this one shakes out before we get into our predictions and stuff like that. Evan, is there any player on this team that really catches your eye? Yeah. I mean, it looks like Jared Coleman Jones is kind of their, their go-to guy here. He's sort of the one that shows up in the national rankings. So he's he's their five. He's their big. He's 6'10", 240. You know, he's going to be the one that gets in on most of the possessions, gets a lot of their rebounds. So if we can kind of beat him in the paint, I think that'll be a really, really good sign. So the matchup of Bacho against Jared Coleman-Jones will be fun to watch. But 
you know, look for Bacho to, to try to get to work early against this guy to uh, set the tone, get some points in the paint. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm kind of curious about the matchup of uh, Isaiah Crawford on Elias King. The Blue Raider usually plays the four, but it looks like sometimes he'll also play the three. Uh, he so far this year is used quite a bit um, on the floor nearly 80 percent of the time. You know, you'll hear his name called quite a bit. And he is one of the leading uh, scorers on this team as well. So Elias King is the name I have to know. Yeah, so that's Middle Tennessee. Ken Palm predicts Tech will win this game 66 to 59, a 74% chance. And Massey predicts Tech to win this one 66 to 63, a 60% chance. And again, we'll give our predictions at the end because we'll couple them in with the Lady Texters as well. So next up is a big in-conference opponent coming to the Thomas Assembly Center and Liberty. Yep. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Liberty, uh, we talked about him last week as kind of our competition um, for the league title, and they went out and lost their first game too. Um, Of course, they played Western Kentucky, who probably resented not being (laughs) in that conversation, Um, whereas we played Sam Houston State, who's definitely not as good. But yeah, I mean, Liberty is... The highest ranked team in Ken Palm in our conference are at 74 currently, and they're a pretty, pretty good looking team, right? Yeah. And this will be Saturday at 2 p.m. Central. Um, also, if you can't make it to the tech, it will be on ESPN 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe we'll get bumped up to ESPN like our game against Western Kentucky in football, and then we'll lose dramatically. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, you mentioned that loss to Western Kentucky. The other losses are are not to bad schools. You have number 22, FAU. Number 113, Charleston is the lowest on a neutral court. Also, a loss to Grand Canyon, 59, and Alabama, number 10. Uh, I mean, those are the best teams they faced, and they haven't beaten them, but they have kind of been, beaten the teams they expected to beat, too. Yeah, it's interesting, though. If they beat us, we'll be their highest-ranked win of the season. So, um, and they, they did just lose to Western Kentucky, who's ranked several, several spots lower than us. So, I mean, I basically I'm saying there's a chance, but let's look into the numbers a little bit further before we uh, make our pick on offense for the flames. The matchup of this game will be Liberty's two point shooting, um, for all of tech's recent woes, especially record wise, they are still the fifth best defending team at the two point shot, but Liberty is a top 25, two point offense. Mostly thanks to a six foot seven Zach Cleveland, who typically plays the five, which I find interesting at that height. But this is a guy who's been able to drive into the lane or or get the ball to him down low, however it works. And he's been able to put up points, something that Tech is, even with their three point struggles lately, they've still been a great two point defending their own rim kind of team. And I wonder if that continues against a team that that is their bread and butter scoring those two pointers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting. You talk about Zach Cleveland. I mean, he's their leader in field goal percentage. He shoots 64% from the field and oh, no. in assists at the five. He's averaging almost four assists per game. So, you know, it looks like they're moving the ball around quite a bit, you know, trying to get Cleveland involved. But he's only scoring 11.3 points per game. But he is, uh, you know, very, very effective when he takes shots inside and, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like how tech matches up with this team, especially going against a team in Middle Tennessee that has a little bit more traditional of a five. But yeah, I mean, so far this season, Cleveland has had games where, you know, he puts up 19, 20. He had 23 points in their loss um, season high there 
for him um, against Western Kentucky, but clearly they're, they're trying to get him involved. Yeah. The interesting thing I find about this team is we've seen uh Conkle in past years and then also LaTeX sports central on Twitter, at least talk about this. Um, and that's avoiding those two point shots that aren't at the rim. Those two point J's as a lot of times they're called uh, right now on the year. Liberty has taken 106 two point J's and they've made, and they've shot 401 shots at the rim. Compare that to tech tech has shot 400 at the rim, but has shot 172 two point jump shots. So hmm. this is a team that tech typically likes to avoid shooting those two pointers. It's either a three or, or something closer in, but Liberty has been, expe- has been especially stringent about those two point jump shots. But let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Evan, what can you tell me about their defense? Yeah, I mean, looking looking at their defense, um, it's it's pretty decent, right? It's uh, they're pretty they're like right smack in the middle of effective field goal percentage, but it looks like they really try to limit the opponent's three point shooting. They're one hundred and seventeenth in that, so that's kind of a focus for them. They also get a lot of um, excuse me, they don't allow a lot of offensive rebounds against them. They're 80th in that category. So where it'll be interesting is Tech is very, very good at getting to the line. And Liberty kind of allows teams to go to the line a decent amount. So Tech is ranked 16th in the free throws attempted to field goal attempted stat. And Liberty is 159th in that category. So that could be a way that Tech you know, tries to force some of these guys into foul trouble and get to the line. Now, whether we make our clutch free throws or not is another question. Right. And that rebounding battle will especially be tough on that side, too. Tech has been able to gather those offensive rebounds, but Liberty doesn't let them up very often. Yeah. And one other thing that I see here is just like the length of our team compared to theirs. Right. So we've got Bacho at 6'11. We've got Mangum at 6'8. We've got Devin Ree coming off the bench sometimes at 6'8. Crawford at 6'6. They've got a bunch of 6'7 guys, but they really don't have like a tall inside presence like six seven is the tallest um on their team which of course is much taller than me but i'm not trying to play basketball right but um and as such that makes their blocking percentage like what 20th worst in uh, college basketball so i mean i would be really really interested to see if tech tries to go with like a like the too big look that we've done at times with terry miller and uh and daniel bacho in at the same time because that could potentially cause problems for a team that doesn't really have that height. So just a side note, Evan, you would, you would be terrible at basketball. I know. Uh, I know that we have a basketball hoop in my driveway. I'm very bad. I feel like I would be a great basketball player because I'm not tall and I have a low center of gravity. So when my ankles break, I won't get in the way of others. (laughs) Very considerate of you. Yes, 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 yeah. But uh, that for the tallest guy on your team to be six foot seven, geez, that just doesn't say they could have very much success down low with that kind of size. Yeah, I mean, Tech for years was talking about how they needed a big, they needed a big before you know Junior Lofton came along, um, and even while he was on the team, they were still talking about we need a, a someone taller. So this is kind of a, a a fun experiment to watch from the outside of what happens when a team goes. Again, six foot seven is tall, but not basketball tall. So let's see how this team does down the stretch um, and and their style of play. They do move the ball pretty quickly down the court when they have the ball. What sixty seventh quickest 
in in basketball. That's not otherworldly, but they do you know try to get down the court and and get down there before the the bigs of the opponent can get down. So I'm curious to see how this game goes. I don't think we've shouted out very many players yet, have we, Evan? Um, just the Zach Cleveland guy, yeah, who's again is six foot seven, but he's their five. So like he's the guy that's going to be inside, but. That may explain why he's more of an assist guy than you typically see your five being. Right. Yeah. And I'll point to uh, Kyle Rode. Uh, he is their you know, biggest contributor, according to Ken Palm. But really what, what scares me here is his three-point shooting. Uh, not that he's been, you know, he doesn't rank nationally or anything, but he has taken 102 shots, uh, which is head and shoulders above anyone else on the rest of the team. And for right now, until proven otherwise, I am scared that teams will beat us with three-point shooting, whether or not they want to. So, uh yeah, this is a thing where if Tech is able to put a stop to their two-point shooting down low with our bigs and, and them not being able to to get past us, they may turn to the three. And if they get out from three, we've seen what happens with other teams already this year. So he's probably the guy I'm scared of, if not for Zach Cleveland. Yeah. So yeah, for this game, Ken Palm, surprisingly, I think at least, predicts Tech to win this home game. 68 to 67, a 56% chance to win this one. Massey makes it a two-point game, 67-65 Tech victory, and a 54% chance to win. Yeah, ESPN's giving us a 53% chance to win this game as well. If you look at Liberty's schedule on Ken Palm, this is the only game for the rest of the year they're predicted to lose right now is this Saturday at the Tech. (laughs) To be fair, our only loss is when we return the favor and go up to uh, Lynchburg and lose to them, though. So (laughs) we'll see how it all shakes out, I guess. We'll have to see. So yeah, while the... Men's basketball team was losing to Sam Houston earlier that day. The Lady Texters notched their first win of Conference USA play, beating Sam Houston 66-62 on that day that was devoted to the celebration of the Lady Texters. That seemed like a pretty cool event, having everyone back in town for that and everything. Yeah, my brother was able to snag me one of the koozies and I think a sticker or something. Um, not one of the cool basketballs? No, I don't think they were giving those away, unfortunately. I really want one, though. That thing, yeah. was, that thing was cool. Yeah, the Texters were able to win on that 50th anniversary and also 1,200th victory in uh, school history, program history there. So pretty cool. You know, it's it's been, I don't know how many games we've played, but I've got the 1,000 victories little rally towel they gave away in 2011 hanging here next to me on my wall. So pretty cool that, that we're at 1200 already. We should have gotten there the next year. <laughs> yeah. So, Took you too could, long. so you could have one. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm asking for. I mean, this same Houston game, I'll, I'll just kind of go through it real quick. It, it ended up tech had a 17 to three run in the third quarter and then was able to hold on late against Sam Houston, who kind of made a push there late at the end to hold on for a 66 to 62 victory. Yeah, it looks like Robin Lee and Analar Roberson were the leaders in this game. Um, 16 points for Lee, 7 rebounds, and then 10 points and 5 rebounds for Roberson. And I believe this week, Paris Guillory was named Conference USA Freshman of the Week. So that's back-to-back Freshman of the Week for the Texters with two different players. So, wow. Yeah, maybe the... uh, Maybe the future's a little brighter than we thought here. You know, we're on a, what, a six-game win streak now? Five-game win streak? Yeah, really can't hate that too much, uh, especially with how dire things seem to be going early on. The perseverance yep. to turn the season around like they have is has been pretty great. Of course, we're very early into conference play, so, you know, this yeah. will have to keep up for a bit for us to get too optimistic. 
Um, but I did want to also mention before we move on too far, looking up the all-time record for the Lady Texters, that was their 1,200th win. Uh, they are now 1,200 wins to 396 losses. Wow. That's ridiculous. God damn, we were so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What damn. happened to that? Uh, um, upcoming for the Texters, we've got the Lady Raiders from MTSU coming to town on Wednesday at 6 Central. Uh, that's probably on ESPN plus. I don't have that in front of me, but it should be MTSU. Probably the, the class of the conference at this point, they are number 59 in Massey and it's giving us a 23% chance to win this game. Um, that being said, I mean, California Baptist, when we beat them was somewhere around that rank. I don't remember exactly. It was like maybe 70th and we beat them pretty good. So I, I don't know. And then we've got at Liberty on Saturday at 1 p.m. Central. Liberty is 5-11 on the season. They're number 171, and it's giving us a 44% chance to win that game on the road. Tech up to number 168 now in Massey. Yeah, I was kind of curious, so I looked up California Baptist's record since we've played them. They've won all three of their games, so the Lady Texters remain their one loss so far on the season. And also, the two games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Every single Lady Texters game for the rest of the year is currently scheduled to be on ESPN+. Plus. Nice. Much better than Kusa TV. The Bulldogs, sorry, I almost said Texters, the Bulldogs bowling team. Oh, I thought you were going for a joke and emphasize the bull and bulldogs. Oh. Bull, the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. Um, are number four right now in the nation, so that's pretty cool. And it says that... Today, after the second day of the Blue and White Vegas Classic, they are in fifth place. Excuse me, it's the Stormin' Blue and White Vegas Classic. Oh, excuse me. I apologize. Uh, if you try to click on the team standings link they have, it leads you to a 404 cannot be found. So, um, mm. uh, yeah. So, they start bracket play tomorrow. Uh, so, check out their Twitter for that. And they're facing number 14, Maryland Eastern Shore. Sounds like it might oh, hey. be close to you, Nathan. I know where that is. It's not all that close. I have to cross the, I mean, the, the bay. But Maryland's not that big of a place, though. It's, but it's wide, is the thing. It's not very tall, though. Yeah. So that is four games this week: two men's, two women's, both against the same opponents, Middle Tennessee and Liberty. How do we see this week going? The Bulldogs are predicted, I think, by both polls to win both games, and the Texters are predicted to lose their two games by. Massey ratings, but do we think it's a two and two week or do we think that, you know, we squeak out an extra victory somewhere? Hmm. I'll go, I'll say two and two, but I'm going to say the men split and the women split. I think the men will beat middle Tennessee and uh, just the sort of slide that they're on. I, I think Liberty might come in and get the best of us. Now it is at home and we barely ever lose at home. So hopefully I'm wrong, but um, the Texters, on the other hand, I'll have them drop the game to MTSU at home as well and then win on the road at Liberty. So kind of both teams winning on the road, but not at home. Makes sense. Matt, what do you think? God, uh, we're going to win it all. All right. It, we're going to take all it being, all. All four games are just like we'll beat the two teams so bad that everyone else just quits and they crown us uh, national champions. I'm going to go with the latter. And okay. I'm going to go with the ladder set to the song, push it to the limit. Okay. That's <laughs> good. It to, it's good to give your predictions a soundtrack. I, I don't think we do that enough. I, I totally agree. 
I think this is a three in one week. I think the Texters drop their game to Middle Tennessee, uh, but but beat Liberty and the Bulldogs find a way to pull it off. And I think that this is going to be seen as right now this this week will be the rock bottom of the season. And from here, we kind of turn things around. I think that same Eastern State game will kind of be a big wake up call. Things to point to of not just these were good teams we lost to, but we just lost to a not so great team. Um, and that that can be a powerful motivator. So we'll see moving forward. But I think the Bulldogs pull it off this week and go two and zero. So a three on one week. I like it. But if you felt sad by the recent Bulldog basketball woes, you may be starting to look towards baseball. And although this tweet is looking back over the prior season, um, I want to give this week's tweet of the week to at TJ Altimore. Altimore? Sure. Um, who tweeted out a nice little graphic of the different average crowd sizes of ballparks across Division One baseball this past year. Unsurprisingly, Tech is in first place in Conference USA in baseball attendance, 2,029 on average. The next closest in conference is Liberty with 1,288. But just compared to some other conferences, like we beat every every school in the Big Ten except Nebraska when it comes to average baseball attendance. Not that they're the biggest baseball conference. Nebraska Nebraska baseball, I see a lot of people, it's a big deal down here in Kansas City. Uh, They have a very, very loyal and devout I believe it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. After, after what very, we saw very, at their football game. I mean. Yeah. Those people just, uh, they really support the Cornhuskers big time. But baseball is a big deal up in. Uh, yeah. My uh, heartland. So, it's, it's corn. You build it, they will come and win in Nebraska. Catherine's yes. cousin played college baseball at Cal State Northridge, I think. That's and, another big school for it. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, he, he ended up getting drafted and being in the. Um, in the like minor leagues for a little bit, but then, you know, too many injuries basically. But so my father-in-law and his brother went to a game when they played at Nebraska and they were like blown away. He was telling me about this when we were out in California, because I was telling him about the football game we went to. Um, And yeah, he was the, what he was describing was exactly like what we experienced at the football game. Like just insane, you know, respectable amounts of devotion to their, to their team. Right. Well, that's, that's not, I mean, there's jack shit to do up there. Yeah. I mean, unless you're, but eat Runza and go to Cornhuskers events. Hey, Runza was pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. I'd eat there again. I never had yeah. it. I should have got, gotten you guys to pick one up and bring it to the house for me. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog or Instagram, gtpdd.dog. On the blog, though, on the shop, gtpdd.dog slash shop, you can get the new January shirt of the month. I'm pretty proud of this one. Nathan, this so, shirt is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> this I, is a I great spent shirt. so long on this one. It says, laissez la bon tech roulette and it is going to be my new mardi gras shirt as soon as it comes in and yeah. you should order one as well i'm i might have to order one because i i need more mardi gras stuff because i'm like you know in texas like i have to show out right it was so hard to figure out a way to make a tech themed shirt for a, an event where the colors are basically lsu's colors <laughs> in two lanes so uh, it's how do it i make works, this yeah, not it works, look though. it works though like it's not a tech shirt so uh, I, I'm very proud of it. You should check it out and probably also buy it once you see it. You'll have to. GTPDD.dog slash shop. $5 off in January. And I think that's it. So until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go check.
Please don't die. some capybaras in eastern shore once though not huh? like in the wild that would be kind of weird i was gonna like say i got a pet them. that was great well i've got some bad news uh so in colombia uh we were oh god stopped where's this going uh, yeah <laughs> uh, you probably know uh, in colombia capybaras are plentiful and we were i don't remember where we were on the outskirts of bogota or somewhere and we were pulled into this restaurant outdoor place it was like a meat market and it kind of reminds me of Fogo de Chao where they just bring you a whole big platter of meat and they brought this big platter of meat put it on the table I was eating this one thing I was like man this is really good and um Jairo uh, who was hosting us in Bogota uh he said oh you like that one I said yeah it's really good he spoke English thank god and uh because I can't speak Spanish and he said oh you like that one I was like yeah this is really good what is it and he said uh, turn around I said, okay. And there's copy bars. And he said, one of them. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, I don't like this. And I, and I said, come on, man. Surely you're, come on. He said, no, that, that's copy bottom meat. And I said, I know, they, oh. I know they are eaten. I'm not happy about it. But you know I what would, they call I it? I wouldn't do um, it. But. In uh, Colombia, they call it chiguido. Um, and they're rodents. They're like rats. Yeah. They're the world's they're largest rodents. rodent. And I love them. And when I told when I found that out, at first I was disgusted. And then I remembered I had uh, a pocket-sized bottle of mayonnaise in my pocket. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm kidding. You had your you pocket for special man. occasions. Yeah, you just had in your case. pocket mayonnaise, of course. Yeah. yeah, my pocket mayonnaise. I also have my now, shoe that's holster a, That's mayonnaise. a billion-dollar idea. No, shoe holster mayonnaise. You're just called mayo packets. Idea. What kind of billion-dollar idea? <laughs> <laughs> 